0: What is science? Is this science? Is that science? How does someone even do science? What makes someone a scientist? And how did they learn to science? In this podcast, we answer these questions and more while talking to great guests from across the sciences and having just a little bit of fun. Welcome to Is This Science?
1: Hello! So we're going to start this episode with a quick promo. So if you ever feel like you're struggling in science, check out the podcast Deeper Than Data with Ben Rush, where Ben interviews successful scientists about their struggles. You won't feel alone after listening, and you'll laugh listening to scientists playing games, and you'll even figure out who their first crushes were. So I recommend you listen to Deeper Than Data with Ben Rush yay well this is episode number 11. this oh, is this is actually 12. episode 11.
0: <laughs> okay okay so well, not lucky number 13 yet okay
2: no <laughs> what will our 13th episode be hmm. spooky signs gabe is the king of puns anywho. <laughs>
1: anywho all right so today we also have a guest Dr. so gabe many speci- so many
2: special guests
1: Dr. Gabe Zentner at Indiana University, Bloomington. So, Gabe, do you want to introduce yourself with your name, uh, your pronouns, if you feel comfortable, and your position?
0: Yeah, so yeah, I'm uh, Gabe Zentner, Uh, he, him, his. I'm an assistant professor of biology at Indiana University. Uh, Specifically, I'm in the genome, cell, and developmental biology section of the department, and my lab works on how Yeast and human cells turn their genes on and off in response to cues from the environment.
1: Yeah. Woo. And you also have slime molds now, right?
0: You. Uh, well, we have. A little stuff. bit. We're, we're working on it. Um,
1: <laughs> You're working on it.
0: The, their, their proper proper name would be <laughs> ictiostelium discoideum.
2: Ah uh, so. yes, the word that Allie is not allowed to say anymore because she puts too <laughs> oh, much emphasis. Oh, I forget about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> so okay. can
0: call him Richard T Ostelium if you like you know.
1: <laughs> Richard T Ostelium. Richard. That's weird because it's my dad's
0: name. Oh well, see, we're just running into all kinds of hurdles here. So yeah,
2: it's, it's all right. I just have an issue. What can I say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, you just, just, the, just the one.
2: can never work with slime molds. That's the only only thing you can't do.
0: All I yep. know is that we can grow them and we can make them glow green. So it's a, that's
2: my favorite part. Yeah, that is fun. Glowing slime Boom. molds. That does seem like some spooky science.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
2: <laughs> Almost <laughs> as spooky as my work. Yeah, um, that's true.
0: Making, ooh, oh, bag-o-eyes.
1: Bag-o-eyes. Yep. I did you make... I made that a food card for like our boxes of food and it just says spooky and it's a picture <laughs> of the bag of eyes. Uh,
2: I feel like there's something here with like the bag of eyes, the bag pipes. Like I feel like we I feel like there's something here. Mm-hmm. Probably not.
1: You know <laughs> bit, you know?
2: We have to workshop it. Maybe by episode. Yeah. Maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. And maybe on a drunk uh, episode so... it'll make more sense. I don't know.
0: An episode. It'll be an arc. You know, you'll have to. You'll have yeah, to talk, you'll have to we have to
2: build up to it. That's we're true. not quite there. Great. Right.
0: So,
1: how are
2: you all doing today? Um, I'm good. I'm at work, which nobody can tell because, well, Allie, Allie and Gabe can because they can see me on camera. Um, but yeah, I'm just catching up on some work in the lab. Nobody's here, so I get to be as loud and annoying as I want with no repercussions. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm
0: doing. the medium of podcasting, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And exactly. so my my cat and my dog aren't bothering me like they normally are, which I can see that Allie's cats are already doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's, she's sitting on the couch. Yep.
1: Um. I was at work this morning when I remembered that we had to record this morning. And I remember,
2: I mean, Caitlin texted me and said, "Are we still recording today?" And I said, "Ha yes." Um. <laughs> my memory is terrible. I was like, "That's today, right?" Oh gosh, I don't even. Know. You
1: start setting alarms. Today it is
2: anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess it's Sunday because there's nobody else here. Okay. <laughs> yeah I it's always weird to me when
1: I have to turn on the lights for the hall like so like our labs are like infinity labs so they all connect to one another and it's always weird to me when I have to turn on the lights and I always used to feel bad because I would turn off the lights and then when Ka who was still like in her lab I would just see on like a Saturday like John would just get up and turn on the lights to their lab again because I just killed the lights to their lab <laughs>
0: like, Yep,
2: I've, I've so, definitely done that
0: <laughs> I like the uh infinity lab concept that sounds like a some sinister corporation in a Marvel movie or some infinity, right? infinity
1: I'm excited about it. And I think once Irene Newton moves into our like lab space, we, we can workshop it. We can
2: we can do some some yeah. fun things. I feel like I feel like this is like Buzz Lightyear's dark features, the infinity labs where he's just infinity
0: like <laughs> <laughs> soulless toys.
2: Slowly yeah. trying to destroy humanity because Sid really messed him up when he was a wee a wee toy. I mean, Shaw is directly oh, yeah. upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that awesome. Shaw is not quite as evil, probably, I hope. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I almost forgot to go to
1: class, so I had to, like, show up in my pajamas on Friday. We basically finished recording with Tom Kaufman. I put on shoes, walked to campus, and then it was just downpouring, and I was just wearing a hoodie and sweatpants, and I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, shut no. up to class in my
2: PJs. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be a college class if no one was wearing PJs though? No, definitely not.
0: I could never I could uh, never do that. I could I had to wear something more than sweatpants when I went to class even at 7:30 in college.
1: I mostly did because like once I got I only, I elected morning classes always. I hated night classes. And so I always did. I always had an 8:30 like every single day. And I usually was wearing like a pretty pulled together outfit because
2: that was like my whole day was basically back to back after that. Wow, I was very not like that. <laughs> I went to school in the middle of downtown Boston and I still would walk around in like the schlubbiest clothes. I would just wear my sweatpants, like winter boots. I had no shame oh. at all. I usually I would I usually would wear like jeans or something that was more pants-like than a sweatpant, But like people would really, they'd get all dressed up. I'd see people walking out of their dorm in heels to go to class and that's just like that was too not, fun. Fun. not even I always had graders, regular students.
1: I always had patterned, <laughs> like I had patterned <laughs> pants. So I had pants with, like, anchors on them that I would wear to exams. Because just in case I failed, I went down in style. Um, Cute. I was going to go down like I wanted to be wearing anchor pants. Um, and this and that. But then we had to do a photo shoot for my lab at one point. We had to redo a photo shoot. Let me preface by saying that. Because my pants were too <laughs> aggressive. So they told bleakly we had to redo the Photo shoot. So she had to email me separately and was like, "Can you wear normal pants?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess. Sorry, my pants were too aggressive.
0: Pants um, like had to fight somebody."
2: I know, and we
1: like you wouldn't say this to a male. Like, why are you telling this poor
2: person to like down wear? your pants? Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really weird. Usually, like, because we take lab pictures fairly frequently for things like. Our lab was on the front page of the student newspaper, I guess, a few days ago. Uh, and I, I usually roll into work looking like I am on a Sunday, which is in sweatpants and leggings because I haven't worn jeans since quarantine. Sweatpants started. and leggings? Or sorry, sweatshirt and leggings. <laughs> I say sweatpants. Sweat shirt, yeah. Sweatshirt, leggings, nothing else. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I always dress like basically like I'm going to the gym or like I'm going to take a nap. Like that's o- the only way that I dress. And so I always show up to lab early on the day where we get the text that's like, hey everybody, lab picture at 2 p.m. And I'm like, sweet, I haven't showered in three days. I'm wearing the same clothes I wore yesterday. And I didn't know, cause I got to lab before we got this text. And I'm just like, oh, every picture gotta- of me, every single picture I am wearing, like literally I look like I just stumbled into this photo by accident. <laughs> you gotta
1: be like JP. I don't think Justin, I've seen Justin wear jeans like maybe four times in my three years here. Like, I don't think the man owns a t-shirt. Like, I've seen him in, like, a t-shirt. It's, like, a nice polo.
0: Yeah, he's worn a Colt's polo a couple times. I've seen that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've seen polos. There's been jeans a few times. But even if he comes to lab, like, once we ran into each other at, like, 10.30 p.m. on a Saturday night, he was still dressed nice. I was, like, in PJs, no bra, like, chewing time points in the middle of the night. Like, it was just <laughs> like, like, hello, why are you oh. here it's 10 10.30 p.m. on a Saturday?
0: He <laughs> had a faculty picture day boo-boo here. Oh so no. I, well, I forgot it was school picture day. And so I show up, I'm, I'm always wearing jeans and something. I'm wearing jeans and a Chicago Blackhawks t-shirt. Ooh. So my original, my original faculty profile photo was going to be just, you know, me from chest up with the Chicago <laughs> Blackhawks logo. <clothing. And laughs> oh, then, I love you know, it. They had a retake day. So the one you see of me now is me wearing a button-down shirt, but it has little tiny sharks all over it. Oh, so. yay toned it down a little bit but oh. I, sent a picture, I sent a picture of the well I sent a copy of the Blackhawks picture to Betsy my wife and she just I don't think it was a comprehensible response it was just like smashing the keyboard in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well so. there's also that one of you that they use for recruitment which makes it Sid Shaw <sighs> jokes that it's your eighth grade photo because it looks like you might be in eighth grade in the photo I, uh, was it your senior
0: photo? <laughs> I just don't have a beard. I'd look like I'm 16. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks like maybe your high school senior photo.
0: Well, <laughs> when I okay, this is a good one too. I forgot about this. So when I first got to IU, it was August 2015. The year was 2015. And I, you know, it was a couple of weeks before classes were due to start. So I went to the ID office, the card services office. I was like, "Oh, I need to get my ID." So I, I walk up to the desk. And I'm like, "Hi, I need to get my ID." And this employee looks at me. Like, they're just not having it, and they just point to a sign on the wall, and it says, "Students must wait until X date to pick up their." Oh no!
2: Oh date. no!
0: no. Date was later than the present date. I was like, oh, boy, uh, man, i I'm I'm faculty," <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, wait." what's your name and she looks me up and she's like oh so you are i'm 29 <laughs> years old i i need to grow a beard that's what needs to happen i need
1: yep. to grow a beard and Eddie oh Warren, my goodness that, <laughs> which is that's incredible i feel like that also happens to jake mckinley a lot
2: oh for sure yeah he has some young looking pictures on <laughs> out oh. there somewhere like, i just heard like- putting it up during the micro retreat is he put up a very old picture of jake mckinley
1: Oh, well, we still, we just use those for
2: recruitment. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Like, our recruitment, we have Beardless Gabe, we have Scott Michaels, Roger Innes with black hair, Mm -hmm.
0: like, it makes
1: no sense to me. Heather Hunley has, like, maybe shoulder length hair in one of her photos, like, everything is weird, I don't understand why it is, and I thought, like, maybe this year we'd switch it up. No, and so, like, people must show up and be like, these faculty. that's right? Who crazy. are these people? Who are they? Because it's right. It's at the breakfast, right before any interviews. So then you go to an interview with Gabe and you're like, oh, who I thought was.
2: No, <laughs> this I'm is not gonna... the man I saw pictures of. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start talking like Arnold Schwartz weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we keep ga- we keep gabing, keep daring Gabe to uh, <laughs> to conduct all of his grad student interviews. Uh, in different accents, so that way all the students can get very confused about who they spoke to. Well,
0: I still do the Arnold impression when I'm talking about terminators and transcription and replication during class. Still, the Arnie stop, you're done, you got a from a trip up run. get off the <laughs> <gym>. <laughs> stop. It
2: Yeah, so you, be, And then you can honestly use the I'll be back quote, and it, it's still real. <laughs> <I'm laughs> that is true.
0: When tryptophan is depleted from the cells, the polymerase says, "I'd be black."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we, we got to make sleepy like the turkey.
2: How many of your undergraduate students do you think have actually seen ter- like the original *Terminator* movie? Oh, Ali's never seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah,
0: uh. it came out in like '84, and then *Terminator 2* was like '90
2: two or yeah, they're pretty, a Yeah, and then the newer one came out, like, I don't know, five years ago or something. I, I didn't guess. even exist for the originals. I didn't even Well,
0: even for the first I. I was born in 1985.
2: Yeah, Allie. I was born <laughs> after that, but not that much longer after. I that. was going <laughs> to say, not that much
1: longer after that. I'm Gabriel still a PhD
2: Right, I know. I was like, when Gabe was starting his faculty position, I was just finishing my master's degree and unemployed. So <laughs> I'm doing great.
1: <laughs> oh a cat is that mario ziggy
2: iggy like iggy pop or <laughs> ziggy stardust i wasn't sure if it was ziggy or iggy uh, iggy iguana. after iguana like iggy Cause... from the magic school bus wasn't his name iggy
1: no lizzie, she... lizzie. i think his name is lizzie. lizzie iguana's name is iguana because betsy wanted an iguana oh but you settled on a cat i remember um... that story from one of the days you were warming up your lunch
0: yeah, because yeah, she for some reason thought she wanted an iguana, which is They're sure very, big. very big. And my sister was doing legal outreach around the state on farms for migrant workers. And there's a kitten who just kept following her. And oh. she could not have she went to law school here, so she couldn't have any animals in her apartment. So she mm calls me she's like hey i'm on my way back from middle of nowhere indiana and i have a kitten okay <laughs> you guys want a kitten let me talk to betsy and so betsy is hanging out with a friend in the living room I'm like hey anna found a kitten etc cetera, etc cetera. and she's like we'll think about it and she's like hey what do you want to do because i'm the cat person which is why we now have four cats um <laughs> But uh, so I think about it for a little bit and then, you know, I'm going into the bedroom to change and Betsy says to her friend, I find this this out later. She says, if Gabe comes out of there wearing real pants, wearing like sweats at the time, we're getting a kitten. I came out in real pants and Ah! he was welcomed into our house. (laughs)
1: Oh, I love that. Perfect. I love that. Cave is I real That sounds like 100% a hundred percent a wager that my partner would bet on me.
0: It's Mine like, would be:
2: Has Allie finished her coffee yeah. at like eight PM? Like the
0: it's like the white smoke when they pick a new pope.
2: Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Yeah,
0: kitten. <laughs> it's yeah. True. Four cats, two dogs. Lots Whoa! Of,
1: yeah, that's a, that's just a house. just a few animals. Just a yeah, few. Um, but not. Anyways, so Gabe, as you may know, since you are one of our OG listeners, we do a segment called How to Not, where we uh, let people talk about uh, kind of like science whoopsies that they've made during their time in science, just to normalize that scientists are humans and we do make mistakes. So we were wondering, do you have a how-to-not to share with
0: us? I can think of a couple. <laughs> I, okay. One, one is probably classic undergrad lab blunder. This was my first day in my first real research lab. It was the summer after my sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year of college. So uh, IU listeners may be distressed to know that I went to Purdue for college, (laughs) but you can rest assured that my loyalties now lay with IU because they pay my salary. Uh, So-
2: (laughs) he can be bought. (laughs)
0: My love <laughs> we're not paying tuition to IU to work here. Yeah. But, no. Love you both, IU and Purdue. No house divided.
2: Wow. this Between this and the Blackhawk story, I'm like, you were trying to stir some people up. <laughs>
0: ah! <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I started working in an actual research lab the summer after my sophomore year, and the fun conversation started about that lab. I worked on anthrax, which was Ooh. always gave people pause, but <laughs> it was one of the strains that was missing one of the genes that was required for it to be, you know, anthraxy. So it was safe to work on without the hazard suits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, first day in the lab, you know, I'm getting myself oriented. The man, lab manager is showing me around and my first task is to i think it's to do a PCR you know just we want you to amplify this bit of DNA that we want to put into our anthraxes and so i need to centrifuge something just spin spin something down and it's one of those little benchtop centrifuges that you use for the little, little tubes the Eppendorf tubes for those in the biz <laughs> so I go over to this centrifuge, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking back to my teaching lab, like, okay, I gotta balance the centrifuge, you know, so it doesn't fly off the table and kill everyone because that's what you're convinced it will do. Uh, So I balance it, I set it to, you know, 10,000 RPMs or something like that, something very fast. And as it gets up to speed, it sounds like a plane is taking off in the lab. Like, Like, and the lab manager just looks at her and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what, I didn't balance it. I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, she like stops it and looks in She's like, you didn't put the lid on. Oh, That's okay. it like, there's a Harley Davidson being revved in the lab. <laughs> like, that happened, but classic stupid mistake.
2: Yep, it if happens. You're
0: sure, <laughs> if you're not sure, ask. I actually have another one. Actually, I have three how-to knots.
2: Oh, so yeah. Go for
0: it. You can, you can edit this as needed. Once as, as I start talking, it's, well, who knows? <laughs> Just ask the undergrads who take my class. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the second one, uh, I was in my PhD program at this time, so I knew enough to put the lid on the centrifuge. But I was doing a Western blot wherein I was trying to figure out the levels of my favorite protein. So I'm I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I've been in my PhD program for a couple of years. And so I'm setting up my uh, sandwich, my Western blot (laughs) sandwich. You know, I've run my protein out on the gel. I've separated the proteins from the soup of the nucleus. I'm like, all right, we got this. Gel ran. I need to transfer my proteins to a little membrane so I can ask how they're doing. (laughs) So I'm putting together this sandwich. There's multiple layers to it. You know, the bread is these sponges and there's bits of fancy paper. The last thing I need is the membrane. So the membrane is made out of fancy compounds called nitrocellulose, which uh, I found it was very flammable in undergrad. If you light a piece of nitrocellulose on fire, it will disappear in your hands right quick.
2: Apparently, I didn't know this either, but yeah, apparently it's like kind of explosive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, just a little bit. I mean, half the fun of being in lab is setting things on fire and putting dry ice in sealed tubes, you know?
1: Ooh, yes.
0: Yeah. Ice bombs. You scare the hell out of somebody. Mm-hmm. But okay, so I'm setting up my Western blot sandwich. Now, nitrocellulose, this is where the proteins are going to live after they get out of the gel. Fine. Comes on a comes on a roll, you gotta cut a little piece off. Cut my piece of nitrocellulose off and the nitrocellulose is covered by little pieces of blue paper because you can't touch it uh, with your bare hand or even with gloves because you get protein stuck in it. It's like, okay, all right, I get rid of the blue paper. I assemble my transfer sandwich and I set this thing to go overnight. Like I put it in the cold room. Like, all right, I'll come in tomorrow morning and I can finish this three-day procedure. I come in, my transfer buffer is a lovely shade of brown in the morning, like, (laughs) okay, what happened? (laughs) That's never good. (laughs) It's not great. So I'm like, okay, it looks like somebody put a drop of chocolate syrup in my transfer tank. And it turns out I hadn't taken the piece of paper off the back of the nitrocellulose oh that made my transfer blow up and i I (gasps) lost those samples
2: oh no i have oh i have never i have never done that but i have done the thing where i forget to take that little strip off the bottom of the pre-poured gels and gosh that'll ruin your whole day
0: (laughs) why why is this not running
2: right this doesn't look right something's wrong why is it so hot (laughs) Also, I've had a gel melt because I someone made the buffer wrong and so it was didn't have enough salt. And it literally melted my gel. And like I went to try to pick it up, it melted and I burned my fingers. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> Make your calculations. It's very yeah.
1: hot. Yeah. I've never done a Western blot, but from the horror stories I've heard about Western blots, I
2: don't want to do one. They're not bad usually but there's just a lot of steps where you could very easily mess it up and like it yeah. you won't know it for like a day <laughs> so we like, did them
1: like sad. very we did very low-key ones in my cell biology lab in undergrad but i couldn't i know you have to make a sandwich and we put it on something yep. that they called the belly dancer which is just like mm-hmm.
0: oh the shaker that's
1: yeah but they called oh, it a well, belly dancer yeah, uh,
0: well, yeah. Okay. what's
1: your third how to not gabe
0: okay now I have to I have to put this a different way. It's uh I was a victim of a how to not I got, got how to not I was attacked
1: I got how to not <laughs> attacked. I attacked I was attacked.
0: So we're gonna rewind back to I don't know 2008 when I'm in I'm a grad school again. That's where all these things seem to happen. So we had on the the floor a shared controlled temperature rooms kept. It's like a walk-in fridge, four degrees Celsius. Now, off of this four-degree room, we also had a walk-in freezer, essentially. It was a 20C room, which was nice. You you could store a lot of stuff in there. So there was a lab somewhere else in the university, I don't know where, who was either moving or they were clearing out one of their ultra-low temperature freezers. I needed to store some stuff. And I'm like, hey, can we use this walk-in freezer? It's great for storing a whole bunch of stuff. And I said, sure. So they come and move in all their odds and ends. And a few days later, I'm like, oh, I, I got to go get my samples out of the walk-in freezer. I walk in, and I immediately stop breathing. I'm trying to breathe, and I can't breathe. I'm like. That's this very visual medium of me gasping. for air <laughs> over here. So, okay. So I sort of like stumble backwards out of the walk-in <laughs> freezer. I'm like, okay, what the hell just happened to me? And so I get uh, one of the texts from my lab and we go sort of investigate. Turns out the people who had been moving stuff into the walk-in freezer put some boxes with dry ice. <gasps> in there. So for the for the listener who may not be aware, dry ice is just solid carbon dioxide. That's what we breathe out, not what we breathe in. And so this ice is very cold, so it started evaporating even though the temperature was below freezing. And so basically the walk-in freezer was full of CO2, could not breathe, and I- I vividly remember the lab tech picking up the phone, calling someone in that lab, and giving them the ass chewing of a lifetime.
2: Oh, yeah! yeah, that's so dangerous. What if you'd passed out in there?
0: Exactly. So,
2: you would have been cold, so there's that, but. You would have been
0: preserved.
2: <laughs> you'd be well preserved.
0: I mean, <laughs> just a specimen. We've discovered a preserved graduate.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, yes, I've done. I've had my two how-to knots and then I was the victim of the how-to knot. Oh,
2: that's so scary. That's, scary. that's also why whenever we ship stuff on dry ice, you don't, you never like tape up the whole cooler because it'll literally explode. Yes.
0: And, yeah. you know, also, if you're getting dry ice out of the big bin and there's not a lot left, don't put your head all the way into the bin. Yeah. <laughs> you will have how-to knotted yourself.
2: Ooh, yeah. That's, True. that's oh a good point. Goodness. That's a good point. I should really warn people about this more. I feel like I'm usually really cavalier about dry ice and I should probably tell my undergrads I not love. to stick their head in it.
0: I'm, really, I'm really here to uh spread the word about the dangers of
2: spread the good <laughs> word. I'm <laughs> here <laughs> to <laughs> spread <laughs> the good word. Yikes. Be careful. Yikes. That's yeah. so
1: awful. Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah.
0: But in hindsight, it's just like, where else could that happen other than you know in a biology department somewhere it's just- this is true
1: <laughs> hopefully I don't know. maybe on the set of like a music video where they like mm-hmm. pretend to use the dry ice to make fog
0: <laughs> yeah you don't see you know Steven tyler of aerosmith you know passing out because someone puts <laughs> dry ice in his trailer or something <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, God. oh, I love yeah. it so much. Don't just keep, don't keep dry ice in a closed room for a weekend. Yeah. Just, oh my goodness. Especially we, one that has a gasket on the door. So it like literally seals. Yeah. it.
0: If that's not an ideal scenario. No. So I was.
2: That is so scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I really didn't know where that was going. I was like, what chemicals did someone just like throw a bunch of chloroform in there? Um,
0: See-
1: I knew where it was going because Gabe already told me that story because he wrote it on a post-it note at his desk so he would remember to tell the story. Oh oh yeah. Oh
2: yeah.
0: Thinking about how-to knots, it's like I could make this fit into the format, but it's somebody else's how to knot.
1: We have a whole episode worth of like not episode, but like two slots at least that are people who have accidentally chloroformed themselves in lab.
0: I have, I have heard about that, but I have well, not done it to myself, nor do I personally know anyone who's done it. Yeah.
2: Those. I just know we have a lot of those. And I was yeah. like, mm. those are just going to be all in one episode. Yeah, it happens. I've <laughs> never done it because I am I never work with chloroform outside, <laughs> outside the hood.
0: It's London, um, in the 1890s. People yeah. Big <laughs> chloroform, folks. Check Ether
2: parties in the lab. We're bringing them back. <laughs>
0: Check it out. Link in the description. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No,
1: the themselves to go. To oh science. my goodness! <laughs> so, Gabe, did you always want to be a scientist, or do you have a, like a memory of when, like, your aha moment that you were like, "I want to go into science"?
0: So, I had always been interested in science to one extent or another. Um, my mom likes to yell me about when I was five or six years old, and she, she would read to me from her college astronomy textbook. So if that gives you a sense of what kind of kid I was, there you go. Wow,
2: but astronomy. I was always
0: very into, wow. Wow, <laughs> <I'm very laughs> college level wow. astronomy. <laughs> wow, it's like Nicolas Cage and Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: Wow.
0: I was always really interested in space. like. I grew up on Star Trek and Star Wars and it was just science fiction that was my kind of thing. But in terms of science as a career, I never figured on doing something like physics or astronomy because advanced math was never my strong suit. But when I was in high school, what really clicked with me was it was just general chemistry, either I don't know, sophomore or junior year. I thought, "Wow, ah, you know this just really cool. It just kind of sparked an interest. I mean, there's there's really nothing more than that. And I'm thinking like, what can I do with chemistry? And I decided that I would study pharmacy in college, but I didn't want to, you know, work at CVS necessarily. I was interested in, in doing research, even though at the time, you know, I only had a very abstract concept of what research really meant. I'm like, oh, I'm in the lab working on Drugs, I guess. I don't know. Not like <laughs> drugs. not like Walter White I was gonna
2: say not like breaking bad drugs. But... No, no, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. Nothing like that.
0: No, no. <laughs> no, just you know. Not not sorry, Iggy just jumped on my printer and not something else. For
2: once it was
1: not Luna. I know. But, one no, Iggy is
0: a, a holy terror, but she's cute. <laughs> um yeah, so I was like, pharmacy, this sounds great. And so I ended up going to Purdue because at the time, well, A, I'm from Indianapolis, it's in-state, so the tuition was not bad. Mm -hmm. And they have had and still have one of the top ranked pharmacy schools in the country. So I get in there, I'm taking chemistry, I'm taking biology, I'm taking calculus, which was a laugh (laughs) for (laughs) me, And after about a year, I think, I decided, I don't know, I don't like chemistry that much, that it's the only thing I wanted to study. And so, like many uh, folks in college, I decided to switch my major. (laughs) At the time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, okay, what I thought I was gonna do here doesn't seem like the right fit. And so I cycled through, (laughs) I was actually a food science major for a while. (laughs) I was like, this is chemistry related and, I'm interested in nutrition and things like that. But that was also not really for me. And then the next kind of aha moment, you know, because the first aha moment sometimes just doesn't take. Um, I was in an anatomy and physiology class, and we started talking about neurobiology, neuroscience, talking about the different kinds of neurons, the different kinds of glia in the brain. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, Glia are cool. I guess that was probably my thought. I was like, why don't I switch into neurobiology? So, (laughs) quite a journey.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Quite a journey. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And then, so I I switched in that. And at Purdue, there were, I think there were like eight or nine different biology sub majors that one could specialize in. So I went into neurobiology and then. So this was sophomore year and then that next summer i wound up in a microbiology lab and i'm like i want to do microbiology <laughs> so i switched into microbiology and i'm like i don't know what the hell i want to do so i switched into cell molecular and developmental biology which is kind of the catch-all and then i worked in a zebrafish development lab
2: oh wow awesome so
0: I'm, just, I'm just ping-ponging all over the place so and you know through a couple of years working in different labs, I was like, you know, this is really—it's hard, but it's fun, and i I just kind of, I just think biology is kind of cool. Like, I think I could see myself being in research as a career. So, suffice it to say, there's not really one thing that set me on this path. I I had some false starts and eventually I sort of fell into the right place and I guess if I could tell sort of an adjacent story to this about false starts. <laughs> so, oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> nope,
0: <laughs> The false start cast. <laughs> so I, when I went to grad school, um, you know, you do your rotations, you spend time and three or four different labs to help you make your decision about where you want to actually do your PhD. So the lab I joined was the first lab I rotated in because I had a great rotation experience. But after eight or nine months in said lab, I was like, ah oh boy, this is not really the place for me. Like there there were some things during the rotation that might have been red flags, like students being in the lab in their seventh year and stuff like that. but I was like I can I can do this like but it was clear that it wasn't going to be the ideal situation and so I actually ended up switching labs uh, just uh, I don't know, like 10 or 11 months after joining my thesis home and in a sense that set me back to zero because everything I'd done in the previous lab I was not going to transfer over but yeah. No it was ultimately a good decision and the stuff i learned in the first lab like the way i approached the literature and thought about experiments it carried over with me and so i was able to sort of quickly get my footing in a new place and i don't know probably go in a direction there that i wouldn't have otherwise so i don't feel like i wasted you know that almost year of being in a different lab I guess yeah. hard to start over, but I I tell rotation students this, you know, especially if they're nervous about telling me that they don't, they're not going to join my lab, that this is, you know, you got to be selfish in a way. You need to join the lab that is going to be the best environment for you for a substantial chunk of time, and that needs to be the bottom line. You know, make the best decision for you so that you can have the most optimal PhD experience possible. And I did that. It was tough at the time, but I'm happy I did. And I would encourage people who are thinking about it to, you know, not completely dismiss it out of hand. I think that's
2: the hardest advice to give to rotating students is like because, you know, it's, it's, they're all professors in the program and they want to make everybody happy. Yeah. And it's like, no, like this is the time in your life where you need to be selfish because you're going to be doing this for f- at least probably five years. <laughs> so yeah. be comfortable wherever you are. And yeah, learning, it's hard to, to, to say like, oh, this will be a good home for me after you've been in there for a month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the rotation. We talk,
1: we've hard. talked about this a little bit before that you can love the research but if you don't like the lab and you don't mesh with the PI it's going to be really hard to do your work whereas if you don't love the research but you mesh well with the PI and the lab is supportive and good you can still do the work I mean you might not be as passionate about the work but you have a supportive environment and so a lot of people are like I love the research and I'm like but how is the lab for you and they're like oh it's like they might have like some reservations and I'm like Sit with both of those things. Like, remember both of them when you pick a lab. Yeah. Because you want a PI that's going to go to bat for you if something happens.
2: Yeah. Or you need to decide that the research is so important to you that you'll just keep pushing anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's just, yeah, it's a matter of deciding what what you like, because techni- because it's, it's one of those things where like the perfect situation doesn't exist. Like there's no Goldilocks lab where you're like, oh my gosh, this research is exactly what I want to be doing. I want to spend my time around all these people. I want to like talk to my PI every day. That's probably not going to happen. And if it did, you're, the, you're a lucky unicorn person. I don't know. But like a lot of us, you know, it's hard to get a feel when you're only there for a month of like, how well do you mesh with, with people yeah. and with the PI? Um, or if you pick a lab for an upperclassman that's in the lab currently
1: they're gonna graduate and you're, they're not gonna be there so that makes no sense to be like I love this lab like x y and z are here because at some point if they're like higher up in years than you are like they're gonna graduate and you're gonna be the most senior member it's
0: you're absolutely right like lab culture shifts over time like, yeah Guy. <laughs> like it's been, you know, five-ish years since I left my postdoc lab, for instance, and the lab has almost completely turned over. Mm-hmm. I knew what the dynamic was like with the set of people who overlapped extensively with me, but even about a year, year and a half after leaving, I went back for this is my PI's 35th lab anniversary. I wasn't even 35 at that point, so <laughs> been at it for a minute, but I didn't know half the people. It's
2: yeah, that is that is kind of how science is. It's like literally you blink and it's a different group of people.
0: It's it's a transitory kind of field for a while. Like mm-hmm. you, you go to college, you go to master's and doctoral, postdoc, or whatever you do next, you know, you're in one place for, I don't know, five to six years max for yep. a significant portion of your early adult life. Yeah,
2: Yeah, not stressful at all. <laughs> no no I love moving it's my favorite thing to do <laughs> hooray I usually like love travel enough yeah I like I love traveling and I honestly really love moving to new places I just the act of moving because it's it's not even just like I, it, even if I'm in a place like I usually don't stay in the same house the whole time I'm there because I'm renting and so it's just like every year let's get rid of all our furniture because I don't want to move it
0: <laughs> I mean, my wife and you have I, to do that this year we, we rented let's I had rented since you know the summer between my sophomore and junior years of college up until mm-hmm. early 2018 when we bought a house here in Bloomington and yeah, we moved.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <Cool>. yep. <laughs> I'm sure yep. with all the dogs and cats and but we cars.
0: <laughs> we have a snowball of animals. Like we left Seattle with a dog and a cat, my cat Mario, who is now almost 16. An old man. And then we got Iggy, the cat, and Cora, the poodle, at our first place in Bloomington. Then we got Evie, the cat, not long after we moved <laughs> to our house. And then we got Ruthie late last year, because a friend of ours had adopted a cat who was surprise pregnant.
1: Oh.
0: So we got Ruthie after RBG.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. that's cute. Okay. Ruthie yeah, I was is ask. so cute. She has a little
0: white. Oh like rough it kind of looks like a descent <gasps> collar
2: yeah so- oh that's cute i love that
1: is is cora named after avatar
0: no and someone somebody asked me that recently i think it might have been me maybe it was <laughs> oh no it was a, a student who talked to me at the gym
2: <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> no uh no uh cora is just named cora because we thought it fit her no Our- it's a great
2: name it's a great name
0: we went to- i was just
1: ask. curious because we caitlin's dog's name is naga which is one of uh cora's like animal in yeah
2: it's Korra. yeah and Korra, we know
1: someone who has an Oppa, mm-hmm, yep which is avatar like, Aang's animal there is a
2: there is a zuko at my at the dog daycare that my dog goes to once a week um there is actually two she's one of two nagas which was really shocking to me because i was like Wait, I thought I was so unique and different, and nope, everyone. I mean, Avatar had a huge comeback recently, so everybody's naming all their animals after Avatar characters or Legend of Korra characters.
0: When I had, when I had my bun, everyone asked me if it was inspired by Avatar. Well, no, it was I, very,
2: it was very Zuko was or, or Sokka, like depending on the length. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it One was more. very good.
1: Mm. Um. So, Gabe, what is your favorite? thing that you've ever done in science like best finding best location you've gone to on a conference or a talk
0: best thing ever well I think we have a couple of things I think one of the most exciting things I've ever done in science in terms of research activity was I'm going back to grad school we're going back to this well it was the first time I made what I would classify as a very unexpected but intriguing finding. I was, I joined my new lab. I'd been there only a couple months, and I had, I had some harebrained idea I was chasing. I was zapping the cells with gamma rays to see if our favorite protein went to places where DNA was getting broken. I, I had, I had my reasons, but I had to do some immunofluorescence. I needed to make. Different parts of the cell glow different colors. I was like, okay, I think my favorite protein is going to go to these little spots where DNA is broken. I did the experiment, you know, very excitedly taking my slides up to the microscope and looking at them. And at first I was like, oh, because I didn't see what I had hypothesized I would see. And I started looking at it and thinking about what I was actually seeing, I was like, oh, I think this protein is going somewhere different in the cell that we don't know it goes to. I was like, oh, this could be really interesting if this protein actually goes here. I showed it to my PI, my boss at the time, and he's like, mm, I'm not sure it's not an artifact. I'm like, okay. Yep. Hey. Yeah.
2: It's always, so, it's always you until the fifth time. And then they believe you. Right.
0: Right. It's like, Oh, I messed, yep. I messed something up. So mm-hmm. yep. I was like, oh, I'll show you. <laughs> Non-believer.
2: How much of science do we think is accomplished by pure spite? Cause I feel like half the things I do are because someone told me that doesn't work. And I'm like, Oh, well now I must make it work.
0: Half coffee, half spite. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%
2: science.
0: <laughs> 50% see. <laughs> 50% what is that song
2: <laughs> Well the the SpongeBob the Spongebob quote is fifty percent sea, fifty percent weed is for seaweed and then and then plankton's is like uh one percent evil, ninety-nine percent hot gas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, oh, I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, anyway. How
0: much taco bell have you been eating? I don't know.
2: Uh True yeah. <laughs> too much, I know. <laughs>
0: but anyway, I I think over the weekend it was like I found that new protein neighborhood on a Thursday or something. And over the weekend, I'm like, oh, hell no. I am staying over the weekend. I am going to do some staining with other markers. I was like, here's a marker of this compartment of the cell, the nucleolus, if you're curious. And I saw a perfect overlap. And on Monday or Tuesday, I marched (laughs) into my boss's office and was like, hey, check it out. And like, to his credit, he was like, oh, Cool, okay, well, uh, what do you want to do with it? And my thesis ended up being based on that one unexpected finding. My whole graduate career kind of hinged on something I wasn't expecting to find. And it was a rush. Like, this is something I didn't expect to find and something I didn't know if anyone had ever seen before. And that is an incredibly exciting feeling. And, you know, I've had moments since then where I figure out something new and unexpected, but nothing really beats that first time when you have that result that's just totally different from what you're expecting, but totally awesome, too. Totally, Gosh.
2: totally awesome.
0: <laughs> now, in terms of places I've been, I've been to Crete in Greece twice for conferences.
1: What? What conference goes to Crete? I love Greece.
2: Greece?
0: So... There was a systems biology conference that my grad department chair ran there. Oh, okay. At different Aegean islands every year.
2: That so, is so cool. That is awesome.
0: My word! What a place! I, mean, I, I would love to just go there just to vacation. Now that I've been there twice for a conference. Oh, definitely. I feel like there's a
1: lot of conferences in Greece, especially in like the GCDB, CMCB world
0: there's a drosophila meeting i was
1: gonna it? say because there's a drosophila one and a developmental one mm-hmm. that are in greece
0: i mean the aegean islands man those are some beautiful places
2: yeah. oh yeah i need to it's on the list it's on the list weirdly this is the second time we've talked about greece but yeah. i, I know, realized Paul these episodes literally just talked about greece yeah day. how it was like we everyone should go to greece and i was like i've been dying to go to greece for so long and then when um, i was in college there was a lot of political issues and so i haven't gone because that was the last time i had any sort of income that i could just throw at things <laughs> was
0: like 2011 i think
2: yeah i think that's when things started to get not so not so happy but uh but i want to i want to go so badly i honestly would go now but it's covid so i went we, i went in 2016 okay yeah i know people that have gone and they they were like it's fine It's really not not like gonna affect most of the areas you're going to anyway. So I was like, okay.
1: I went to Athens. It was fine. Everything was super cheap, and I really appreciated it because I was poor.
2: Yeah, I just I want to. I love ruins. It's like my favorite thing ever. I don't know if it's like my weird Irish background where I'm like I just want to watch buildings crumble into the land, but I just I love it. I just find it so fascinating, and I just want to go see like literally just a footprint of a house that used to be there. Like makes me so excited.
0: (laughs) I spent some time in Athens too, and there are ruins everywhere. There are also cats everywhere
1: everywhere um, i have a an uh, album on facebook that's just cats of greece basically because I, I just took pictures of so yeah, many cats i have a
0: deck of cards that's all greek cats <laughs>
2: <laughs> no way i did not realize this
0: and uh, yeah. there are all the uh, the writing on the cards is all in comic sans which makes a weird kind of sense to me oh. yeah.
2: Hmm, Did Andy
1: Zellhoff make the card deck? <laughs> because huh? he is the only person loves I know that
2: loves
0: a good comic. Uses comic,
1: Sand. uses comic Sans. Oh, no.
0: No. Steve Hennicott, oh. my postdoc mentor, HHMI investigator, amazing comic scientist. Sans. Comic Sans. old presentations. <laughs> uh
2: presentations. Also, Ali, I just want to point out that. that he is not the only one that uses comic sans in this university there's also uh dean remagnus who's in the microbiology department he loves oh, wow. comic sans sorry dean if you're ever listening to this but you'll know you you'll know your own power points. but like they're black with green font and then the green font is in comic sans so it's just a lot oh, it was like
1: no. early and these are, are blue with white comic sans or white with blue comic sans normally when he gives fly group yeah, and it, I always see the Comic Sans, and I'm like, is this
2: 2007?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like that's a little late for Comic Sans. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
2: yeah, I was like, when you could still do all the word art things, we're like, make oh, mine. My- I think like, I, I still marker and use- rainbow colors, <laughs>
0: like, it's just like making a website on GeoCities circa 98, <laughs> maybe, uh-
1: I definitely used Comic Sans in seventh
2: grade, which was in 2007. That is the exact appropriate age you should use it, and then never again. Fair. Children can use Comic Sans. It's a font for children. It's <laughs> <laughs> a font for children. Incredible. I yeah, find it so distracting. Oh yeah. Sorry. I have, I actually have a question <laughs> for Gabe. I just keep forgetting to ask and get distracted. This is what I do. Um, but Gabe, what have you, uh, do you have like hobbies or things you've been doing uh, since quarantine started or even before? And I know that I already know at least one of them because I'm looking at your background.
0: But, right. Right. Uh, so. this- this right here is quite the conversation starter on zoom this famously visual podcast so i have been playing guitar since i was 13 uh, started, oh wow so that would be 1999
2: oh what a good time for guitar
0: we're gonna party like <laughs> no but yeah i've been playing guitar for however <laughs> long i don't know 20 closing in on 22 years here and my favorite genre is metal, heavy metal, you know, cadmium, lead, things like that. And well, thank Sorry, you. I was waiting. I, I was waiting to see if <laughs> Allie was going to laugh.
2: I was like, "Is she going <laughs> to, un- to unmute?" Myself. I know. I was just looking at you, like nothing. Okay. <laughs> you were laughing, and I was
0: like, <laughs> I
1: know. "This
2: is so funny." <laughs> but,
0: yes. So I play metal, and currently. I have, I guess you would call it a two-man band called Tau Zero, which is named after a classic science fiction novel. Go figure. (laughs) We have an album called Event Horizon that is an instrumental space journey with shred guitar. So yeah, (laughs) I do that. Uh, We're currently recording a new album. We wrote most of it during quarantine when we had more time on our hands. It is a follow-up to the story of the first album. A bunch of nerd Ooh, stuff.
2: Bunch of nerd stuff. Wait, do you guys record um, over like Zoom? Or uh, is there a way to do that?
0: So Yeah, I guess I should. So <laughs> the other half of Tau Zero uh, is in Bellevue, Washington, near Seattle. Oh,
2: yeah, that's mm-hmm. quite far away. Mm-hmm.
0: So we just record our parts and put them onto Dropbox and uh, Kyle, my partner in crime, is sort of the technically oriented one. He does like all the mixing and mastering. But the yeah, we're like the updated postal service. Yeah, ah. files just <laughs> less less weepy, I guess. <laughs> There's no lyrics okay. at all.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Wait. So, did you uh, did you get into guitar when you were still living in Seattle? Because that would be quite a place to start playing guitar in the in nineteen nineties. <laughs>
0: No, it was, oh, well, let's see.
2: Well, you didn't live in the night. You didn't live there in the 1990s.
0: No, no, I definitely
2: not. Oh, right, you're from in. You're from Indiana.
1: We literally, yeah. yeah.
0: Living in the musical hotbed of Indianapolis, Indiana, in 1990. You did
1: your post. You did your postdoc in Seattle, yeah, right? that was yeah. 2011
0: to 2015. Yeah, I was in a band in Seattle when I was there called Ashes of Eden.
2: <laughs> oh, that is a, that is a quality metal band name. If that's cool. <laughs> I I can just feel hot topic as I hear that title.
1: <laughs> like I feel like scared almost but like I need to you go feel
0: ahead. the wallet chains jangling. <laughs> See the studded belts. Yep. I've been, I've been in a lot of bands in my in all my years on this planet. But yeah, Tau zero is the most recent thing. And on my first day of class for molecular biology now, I have a slide that introduces me as one half of tau zero because for the first couple of years I was here, students would always come up to me and be like, Dr. Zentner, are, are you like in a band or something? And I'm like, OK, so you Googled me.
2: <laughs>
0: um, we, we'll just present that little guy there. <laughs> but yep. no, it's a lot of fun. It's a, a good creative outlet.
1: Yep, that is. I that remember is. I remember last year, Caitlin and I hosted, like, a Price is Right game during recruitment, and all the students who had gone in your car to the GCDB faculty mm-hmm. dinner came back, and they were like, did you guys know that Dr. Zentner is in a band? And we were like, yeah, <laughs> we knew that. And we were, they were like, well, he told us. We were like, that's really nice to know. <laughs> we <laughs> already know, know that. that. <laughs>
0: Did they tell you that we listened to some of it? Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: And oh, they okay. were, like, so proud of themselves because they felt like they were part of something bigger than themselves, I swear.
2: <laughs> like, okay. I have insider information for they, you. I
1: think they thought that that meant they were just, like, accepted to the program. And to be honest, the ones that brought it up to us are now here at IU. Yeah,
0: I remember. Yeah, Okay a few of the people who were in the car with me
1: yeah i mean like specifically like erica was the one that was like did you guys know this we were like
2: yeah
0: yes we did we heard heard, it's it is known in the department when i yes i came for my second faculty interview visit half of my conversations were just like oh so you play guitar i'm like (laughs) okay so you guys googled me too These faculty members, and I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so,
1: like, my question is, how much would I have to pay to get you, Irene, and Andrew Baud to
2: play music together? Of a saxophone, a flute, and a guitar. Andrew
1: plays way more than saxophone.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. I, I he just plays like sax
1: he band. plays like at least four yeah. instruments. I'm pretty oh, sure. Wow. I'm pretty sure Andrew plays guitar.
0: I I just don't know if anyone would want to. Play the kind of stuff I'm interested in.
1: I just like also I can come with my bagpipes. Beautiful. If you feel so inclined. So it's just great. like a flute,
2: a flute, a bagpipe, and a metal band. Nothing screams bar. N- Nothing screams metal like a flute and a bagpipe.
0: <laughs> well, I mean like Jethro Tull, they had a flute. <gasps> true, they did
2: they had a flute. I forgot that they had a flute. Wait, I haven't listened to them in a very long time.
0: Them. They won a Grammy for best heavy metal performance. They beat Metallica. So that's a useless piece of musical trivia for you. <laughs>
2: that's good. Maybe this will come in handy one day. In yeah. our you know what? Trivia. I don't know. In the future episode that is going to
1: come out after this one, Tom Kaufman would have won an Emmy if they ac- they actually gave him credit for the episode that's about yeah. him. Man. <laughs> Man. And we said, what would
2: you do with that Emmy? And he was like, I don't- didn't get an Emmy. We were like, okay then.
0: <laughs> it would be Never
2: mind. No, I was like, every time someone walks, in your office with an issue just hold up your emmy and shut the door
0: <laughs> right. i don't have time for this i have staff for this
2: i have you can talk to my people have your people talk to my people that and and his people. nobel people his nobel prize i kind of picture him like uh the dad in fairly odd parents where it's just like oh we're not going to talk about that okay oh, i was just gonna say he doesn't have a nobel prize no i know that's why i okay. picture him like the dad in fairly odd parents where he's like and this is where i would put my nobel prize if i had I
0: also don't yeah. know if really odd parents because I'm an old apparently.
2: I'm an old. I'm, I'm an old I'm, I'm not
0: that much younger than you. Fair. Though but. this year, speaking of my other hobby, my one other hobby, which is Olympic weightlifting, I am now a master quote, masters athlete because I am 35. <laughs>
2: oh, you get a new age bracket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the, the bar is just lower. <laughs>
2: Incredible.
0: No, I I throw heavy things around in my spare time for funsies.
2: Oh, you pick pick things up and put them down?
0: Put things up and put them down, just like planet
1: If you make it into the Olympic trials, (laughs) will we talk about you at all times? Yes.
0: (laughs) It's not good. I will. It
1: could. It could.
0: The Olympics. Now, this is a funny story. Well, I think it's a funny story. This was my first year teaching undergrads here so this was oh the year was I, I gotta stop doing that i've done that like five times
1: <laughs> yeah, <it> was,
0: <laughs> the year was yeah it's in the span of five years dr zentner it's not that long ago <laughs> my oh, first, no. it's my first semester teaching an undergrad class so it was spring 2017. so well first off when People saw, like students saw me in class the first few times. They were not convinced I was actually faculty because, you know, as you had mentioned, my junior prom picture (laughs) makes me look like I'm in high school still. (laughs) And yeah, I didn't have a beard at the time and I got a real baby face. But uh, I had also been, at the time, I'd been doing CrossFit for a couple of years because I started that when I came to Bloomington. And so I guess I was in okay-ish shape. Now, one of my AIs, who I actually met through CrossFit, which is great, um, she decided to start the rumor with, I think some of her sister's friends were in the class. She started the rumor that I had stopped training for the Olympics to become a biology <laughs> Oh,
2: <laughs> you got to run with that, run with that.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was cackling when she told me about that. <laughs> like, Perfect. I thought it was funny, and I seemed to believe it, so... Not yeah, what? much like
2: your past career of a famous voice impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yeah. is wonderful. We could spend a whole we could spend a whole yarn about your whole past of okay. weird My jobs. We'll just work. make a bunch of stuff up.
0: It's not easy being green, honestly. honestly. Mm-hmm. You're a per- uh. professor. It doesn't work on frogs though.
1: <laughs> but you do have green slime molds, green glowing slime molds. You make
0: them glow. <laughs> yep. So. Not too hard to make them green.
1: <laughs> Good. Awesome. Good. Uh, <laughs> Gabe, I have one more question for you. So, and then if Caitlin has any more questions, she can ask them. So what is your favorite, like, science advocacy or policy or, um, like, something on those realms that you like to advocate for so, in the field?
0: I mean, I... One thing I feel very passionate about is increasing public understanding of science. Now, I don't know if I can rightly say that I do a terrible do terribly much in this arena, but I think scientific literacy just in general is incredibly useful. I mean, we live in a world that is, you know, a modern world that's built on remarkable advances in science and technology. And when there seems to be active distrust of, you know, the process of science of of medicine, that's uh, that's a real problem. You know, we're in a pandemic where you know vaccination is is hopefully going to really halt the spread to to some extent. And you know, folks who believe vaccines will cause more problems than they actually solve are more prevalent than we would hope. And I. You know there are examples of this littered throughout the last couple decades you know fear yeah. over GMOs yeah. and things like that and we're not all mad scientists wearing white lab coats <laughs> in cahoots to pull the wool over the eyes of the public i mean we're just they trying just don't to pay, they just
2: don't pay us well enough for that
0: <laughs> you know it's like what is what is in it for us why i don't know what i really in- don't know make up climate change for instance like what is the payoff what we the-
2: all invested our insanely high salaries into like solar solar and wind obviously uh, it's just <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's, it, we're people too and we're just trying to understand how the world works a little better and maybe leave it a little better than we found it by sharing our knowledge and that's
1: of course
0: but yeah i i think Bridging the gap between you know academic research, science, and public understanding of science is imperative <laughs> more now than ever.
2: Yep, I would yeah. I would strongly, I would completely agree. you. Yeah. I think
0: shaping science policy could be you know, a way to help you know, bridge that divide. But
1: I do want to go
2: into science policy.
0: That that that's a
1: true statement.
2: On the next, I episode, think I'm. I think but I just lean further into it every time I know oh. I know everyone every time we have this these conversations it's like yeah this is very important and then we talk about going to science policy and everyone's like "Ooh, are you sure
0: oh, <laughs> oh I. do you really
1: want to do that
0: I think you would be great at it thank you I will I will never say to someone oh are you sure because I'm not you <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think yeah. it's more. I think it's more the people that have some experience doing it that are like, "Are you sure that you want to be continually punched in the face for the next fifty years?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I guess it happens all the time, anyways. So might as well do it for a good reason, you know." Seems like
0: <laughs> because it's difficult doesn't mean that people shouldn't do it.
2: Yeah, it probably means we should do it even more. Yeah. Like yeah, it. of course. There,
0: yes, there are people with a wide range of special interests and perspectives but we live in a society <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> oh absolutely so Gabe as our person that we interviewed also known as an interviewee um, or interviewed human
0: I was the victim you get
1: to victim of an interview. you were the victim of the interview Oh, that sounds really terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out, but it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> you um, can pick the next two drunk science topics. Um, so specifically, if you want, you can give Caitlin a topic and myself a topic, and then we'll cover them in our next drunk science episode, if you feel so inclined.
0: I had a couple of ideas. Now, do they have to be, uh, quote-unquote, real science topics, or can they be... No. Uh, Ooh,
2: no, I I'm actually had put something. i had, I had put in my box of ideas, which apparently we don't need anymore, uh, I did put paranormal science in there for Ali at one point,
1: <laughs> just
2: because I thought it'd be really fun to have someone with a science background explain, explain paranormal science. Okay. Gabe doesn't love the paranormal though. But, oh, I know. I know Gabe hates paranormal. Okay. That's why I knew he was not going to gonna give this
0: as <laughs> a topic. I need to calm down because I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to the paranormal thing like, okay, there's an unexplained phenomenon but if there is an actual explanation for it, isn't that just part of the natural world? Isn't it just normal? Great. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. But it's scan. but it's next to it. It's next to it. <laughs> it's next well, to it. The upside cool
0: down. I do. I'm pretty close. <laughs> but not quite normal. So I don't know. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I want someone to do extraterrestrial life. Oh, Aliens. yes.
2: Astrobiology. Well, <laughs> Alien.
0: no you you could do astrobiology or you could do little gray gray little gray men you know
1: uh do you want that for me or for caitlin
0: oh i don't know uh i have that topic which is kind of a less serious topic and then i have a quote serious science topic neither of which i guess are biology related necessarily No worries. well i guess aliens are aliens are biology but so, aliens, you could do flying saucers, you could do microbes. Well, there's, a
2: lot. there's a lot here. I can yeah. see I can see a lot of different directions.
0: <laughs> why are y'all gonna come all the way to Earth and crash in Roswell, New Mexico? Which... Of
2: all places on the planet. <laughs>
0: why, why? How, how, are you, how are you gonna take your foot off the brakes when you get <laughs> to this piece of crap? <laughs> okay, aliens, and for my serious topic, which I guess goes back to my weirdly youthful interest in particle physics, the Higgs boson, the god particle, the thing that gives all the other things mass. Ooh, that's Ooh. fun too. How the universe puts on mass. <laughs> Gains!
2: Mad oh universal gain.
0: Universal <laughs> gain. <game. laughs> yeah, was, I was taking Cora for a walk earlier, and I was like, I have some topics. <laughs> <laughs> I have
2: fun. In, Those are both good. incredible. Allie, Allie and I might do a rock paper scissors because I do not know which one they want to do. I know which one I want to do, but I feel I feel a little guilty. Caitlin taking wants it to part. do aliens, and I already yeah. wrote it in the I already wrote it okay. in the Google Doc because Caitlin was doing aliens. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be selfish and take the fun one, but like,
1: they're so, both fun. They're both fun. That's okay because I pulled one of. I I'm gonna do two topics in our next drunk science episode. I have
2: to right. Ooh, okay.
1: So, I pulled something that another person asked me to do as well, but they're just going to be really short so I can add Gabe's topic into it. Just add a quick primer on the Higgs boson.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah.
1: A quick Tata box, if, I, quick... if I may.
0: <laughs> that is a consensus motif. That is a cis regulatory element, not a primer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, we could talk forever, yeah. but I'm going to at least stop recording. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to Gabe for being on the episode, and also for all of his fun impersonations and also facts. So thank you, Gabe, for coming on the episode and being a listener since day one. And that's all for this week, so check back in um, a week and a half, I think, and there will be another episode up, if it's not already up, about astrobiology and aliens, and also teeth and the Higgs on uh, Adam. So...